Cloud and Edge, a hybrid future for AI. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Eli David, founder of Deep Instinct and Deep Cube. Welcome Dr. David. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about Deep Instinct and Deep Cube. What do you do? What's your role there? Actually, they all start from the fact that for the past 15 years, I've spent nearly all of my time in artificial intelligence and specifically in a subfield called deep learning, deep neural networks, which is the closest we've got in taking direct inspiration from how our own brains work. So in Deep Instinct, we founded a company, a cybersecurity company, under the assumption that given enough data, we can create this kind of artificial brain, this deep learning brain that would automatically go over these hundreds of millions of malicious files and would learn by itself to detect and prevent the new kinds of attacks. And that's what the company has succeeded in achieving. Today, it's one of the prominent cybersecurity companies with uh, tens of Fortune 500 companies and hundreds of companies all over the world. So deep learning works there quite well. And in DeepCube, two years ago, I co-founded that uh, with a team of uh, 20 deep learning researchers and developers. And our goal there is to bridge the gap between the amazing results deep learning obtains in the laboratory and the real big challenges we have in the world in deployment by accelerating deep learning deployment and obtaining over 10x speed up. Why are the majority of deep learning deployments relegated to the cloud? One of the problems that we have today with deep learning is that whatever model we train, whether that's for computer vision, speech recognition, text understanding, the models are typically big in the sense that they take hundreds of megabytes or gigabytes in memory and they require high-end hardware for inference, for deployment parts. So usually that is the most expensive CPUs of Intel or AMD or NVIDIA's GPUs, which are gaining more and more traction. So if we want to put that deep learning on an edge device, let's say on my mobile device, Usually we don't have enough memory here. We don't have enough computing power here. The battery would end in no time. And these are some of the reasons due to which we put the deep learning part on the cloud. And my so-called smart device is nothing more than a microphone and a screen and it's continuing going back and forth with the cloud, which is by the way, a big challenge for many kinds of deployments. What are some of the benefits to moving AI from cloud to edge? There are many reasons one would like to do that. For example, latency. Imagine you would like a quick response from your mobile device, drone, robot, security camera, or whatever edge device. So latency is one of the reasons. You don't want to wait all the way to send the data to the cloud, wait for the processing, and then it comes back. Uh, throughput or bandwidth. Imagine you're doing video processing. It doesn't make sense to continuously upload huge amounts of video to the cloud, wait for the processing and bring back uh, the results. Connectivity, for example, for autonomous driving or drones, you cannot rely on the fact that you always have reliable connection to the internet, to your cloud. Fourth reason would be the cost. Imagine you're a company with millions of customers, millions of edge devices. If all of them are continuously bombarding your data center, for inference, you are paying those exuberant costs for, for the hardware and doing the inference. On the other hand, if you manage to make it work on the edge devices of the customers, you save all of that. And last but not least, one of the most important reasons, privacy. 
when the prediction is done on the cloud, all of your and my sensitive data is continuously sent to the cloud for processing and the results comes back. If we manage to make edge inference more predominant and more widespread, then it could happen on our own devices without our sensitive data being sifted continuously to external uh, clouds and storage devices. Is 5G deployment the only remaining factor moving AI from cloud to edge or are there other factors? I think 5G would have a dramatic effect on AI deployment. So today when we speak about AI deployment, usually we, we speak in, in a binary sense, either on edge device, on my mobile device or on the camera, or on the data center, which is the extreme cloud where everything is uh, combined together. 5G would make a big third category, near edge data centers. So with the 5G becoming more and more dominant, we will have huge amount of data and huge amount of inter-device communication. So we will see many kinds of local data centers, so-called near edge data centers. These will not be in Amazon or Microsoft cloud, and these will not be on my mobile device as well. So these near edge data centers would require efficient and cost-effective deep learning inference on those devices themselves, on those data centers themselves. It would not be practical to sift all this huge amount of data generated by 5G to a centralized cloud like we do today. When powerful AI finally appears at the edge, what role remains for the cloud? Um, I don't think edge devices or cloud or anywhere in between, there would be one solution that, uh, that fits all. So as a rule of thumb, I would say any kind of processing that requires looking at local data, for example, if I have my mobile device and it wants to give me a prediction based on my behavior, that's a local prediction. It should happen here on my edge device. However, we do have lots of global predictions. That is predictions that take in, into consideration different types of data. So for example, imagine somebody wants to give me a prediction, but to do that, they are correlating my behavior with those of many other customers. So this must happen in a centralized database. So there is still room and forever there will be room for data center inference and edge inference. And by the way, this is one of the reasons why in, in, in DeepCube, even though seemingly our focus should be on edge devices because of the big improvements we bring there, we're equally focused on both edge devices and data centers to accelerate both. We believe both of these areas are going to remain with us um, for the foreseeable future. When we finally achieve this cloud edge blend, what problems will we solve and what capabilities will we add maybe that are out of reach today? Today, most of the successful deep learning applications are, let's call them single task application. So we have a model that is predicting very accurately uh, what email I'm going to send. Another completely separate model is predicting what I would like to order. Another model is, is doing voice to text. Another model in the car is doing autonomous driving. So we have many such successful models. Each one of them is doing one single task. The next phase for all of them would be to training models that are correlating and the training on data from different areas. To take inspiration again from our own brain, 
We have the visual cortex in the back of our brains and visual processing. We have the auditory cortex. We have all these areas of specialized processing in the brain, but then we have other areas in the brain that's taking all of this in combination and it's helping us doing global decision-making. When we're thinking about, well, what I'm going to do tomorrow, or I have this difficult challenge, what I'm going to decide to do, we're not using just the visual cortex or the auditory cortex. We're doing all the insights that we have from all these specialized different areas of our brain. So as someone who really believes in the fact that AI will continue to take inspiration from our own brain, I believe that's the next stage for the AI. Dr. Eli David, co-founder of Deep Instinct and Deep Cube. If somebody wants to connect with you, Eli, what's the best way they can do that? I would be happy for them to connect via my personal website, elidavid.com or my LinkedIn. And of course, for Deep Cube, they're welcome to visit our website, deepcube.com, with lots of information about what we do, and we would be happy for them to contact us. Thanks again for joining us. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.